one of my oldest friends, we met when we were teenagers and then we lost touch of each other. There was a time in our lives when we spent every day with each other because that's what you do when you're a teenager. Right. When we didn't have iPhones and all these gadgets that kids now have. But we, you know how it was when you were, you were that age, you hang out. You're with sitting, you're listening to music together, music. you're eating junk yeah. food, you're just like hanging out, right? right? Like you, you do this thing where you, you record on tapes, you know, the, the, you burn. Like your favorite songs and you have these like you know and and then nothing right for years and years and so i have to meet her again for the first time wow. and thankfully i like the person she's become and she likes the person i've become and we're good friends again hello you are listening to the late bloomer living podcast where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello, my friend. Well, it's officially February, the month of love. Cupid, Valentine's, box chocolates, and roses. I have decided to do a three-part series exploring love and relationships. Last week was the first part of it. My guest was Suzette Mullen, the author of The Only Way Through is Out. Suzette's memoir is about her journey from living a life that looked perfect on paper, complete with a loving husband, thriving kids, a beach vacation home, to a personal reckoning with her attraction to her best friend, a woman, and her eventual coming out to her family and friends. Her story really highlights the courage that is often needed to live life on our own terms. So if you missed last week's episode, definitely give it a listen. It's episode 171. So moving on to part two of this series, this week we are expanding the conversation beyond romantic love and diving deep into the complications of making and sustaining friendships as we get older. Oh, it gets hard, doesn't it? (laughs) My dear friend Lou Blazer is back for another of our heart-to-heart conversations. Lou holds the record for the most guest appearances on Late Bloomer Living. She was one of the first ever guests on my podcast. In fact, she was my guest on episode three. And we weren't friends at all when I first asked her to be on the podcast. I heard her talk on another podcast about how hard it was to find the courage to start her own podcast in midlife. I liked her story, of course. And she seemed like a really nice person. So I took a chance and asked her to be on my fledgling podcast, which had no episodes out in the world at this point, by the way. She graciously said yes. And since then, we've become really good friends. So who better to talk about this with? Lou writes an incredible newsletter for midlifers who believe in getting better as we get older and making the most of life's second half. Her newsletter was previously titled Midlife Cues, but I have big news. Lou's newsletter can now be found on Substack under the title, We're All Getting Older. 
If you've been a Late Bloomer listener for a while, you probably know that her newsletter is a sponsor for this podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, seriously, do yourself a favor and do it. What are you waiting for? Lou also has her own podcast called Second Breaks. And let me tell you, if you like this podcast, you should check out her podcast as well. Hey, by the way, as long as we're talking about making friends later in life, I want you to know that you are officially invited to join the Age Agitators Club, which is my community for women who are making waves as we age. We meet up on Zoom on the first Wednesday of each month to explore busting through all the trash talk that comes with aging and explore what's possible in our next act. You can join for free for your first month to see if this community is a good fit for you. And if you want more information, you can go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash community. And always feel free to email me with any questions at latebloomerliving at gmail.com. And speaking of email, last announcement, be sure to sign up for my weekly emails with updates about the podcast so you never miss an episode. Okie dokie. Without further ado, here's my dear friend, Lou Blazer. Let's go. Hey, Lou. Thanks for being hey, hey, here. Hey. <laughs> it's our quarterly get together. Yes. I love this. <laughs> I look forward to these things. I don't know why, even though we chat all the time. <laughs> I know, I know. They're always good conversations. So it's the month of love, we're calling it, right? Right, February. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before we hit the record button, I was remembering last February, not sure quite what was going on with me, but I was feeling very anti-Valentine's Day, like very much like it was, I was just <laughs> rebelling against this Hallmark holiday thing, you know. Did and, you tell John, your husband, did you tell your husband? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told anybody who'd listen, actually. <laughs> I was like, people were like, okay, you're like the Grinch of Valentine's Day now, you know? So that, you know, but your husband, so he said, so are you telling me there is no date? I shouldn't buy you flowers? I shouldn't yeah. buy anything? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I actually went that far. I actually went that far. And he played along very nicely. And, uh, you know, because I don't know. Part of it is, Lou, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> it's like it's february you're supposed to do this Yvonne. you don't want that well when it comes to like okay so there's you know on social media there's these days like um you know international day of like your your son your daughter your siblings and there's this there becomes this performative need to show your appreciation for whoever that person is that fits that particular description. And I that's what Valentine's Day feels like to me sometimes. Yeah. I want to show that appreciation for John as often as I can. That's true. Yeah. And not under duress, yeah. social duress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm such a stinker. I really That's am. Too funny. Social dress. I love that. You know what? It's so funny you're you're raising this because I have this whole 
thing about how do we maintain relationships, whether it's romantic relationships or relationships with friends as I don't know, maybe it's the age thing, because, you know, when I was in corporate America, busy with my life in corporate America, it was like, how do I say this? I was too busy thinking about how to deliberately nurture relationships that have nothing to do with my career. That sounds awful. I can hear the words coming out of my, my mouth right now. And I'm saying to myself, good Lord, Lou, what in the world were you thinking in the, during those years? Tell but me really, more it's about that. Like, Hang on. Cause I'm not sure I totally followed it. You were, you were busy nurturing or focusing on nurturing the relationships that weren't part of your that business were, that could help that, that were, were it was so, career. so networking, yeah. Yes. Making sure you were making the right connections, doing all that. Yes. I, okay. Yeah. It's it's almost like if if I have if I have five hours a week, then it'll go to a majority of it will go towards nurturing relationships that can help me with my ambitions, with my mm. goals, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. are almost always career related during those years, and then friends who have nothing to do with my career, just friends, people that I know are always the ones who get the shaft. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't have time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Something got in the way. Like, I I don't think you're alone in that at all, Lou. I think that that, I took a lot of friends for granted, especially Mm. on the, on another end of things, not about my career, but about, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe though, because I was so busy pursuing an acting career, mm-hmm. I didn't think of it maybe in the same way as you, it be it, like trying to make connections. But but certainly through my actions, yeah. I, I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally what I was doing. Like if I was in a show, those were the people I focused on. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that some of my other friends kind of got shunted to the side for that time. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, mm. I mean, although to your point, people who did not have careers, but are full-time homemakers, for example, 100% devoted to raising kids, they probably are thinking that way, right? They're probably thinking, oh, I'm so busy with the kids. Yes. And that's where I was heading at the beginning of what I, uh, of my response to you was that being a mom to young kids actually almost tanked a lot of my relationships mm. with friends who yeah. especially friends who maybe didn't have kids and not That's because true. not because they didn't have kids but just because I was so busy momming and then when they got to a certain age then it's like birthday parties every weekend and activities every weekend and you're hanging mm. out with your kids friends parents Yes. And so you form friendships based on who your kids are friends with. Yeah. And that starts to happen. And how many people can you actually keep track of and, and all that? It happens. So Lou, this all, God, man, by the time I got to be 48, I realized I was feeling lonely. And I realized that part of that was my own damn fault and that I had stopped nurturing friendships mm. that meant a lot to me, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I forced myself to start making awkward calls and getting back in touch with people who were mm-hmm. all 
completely kind about everything. It <laughs> took me back. <laughs> but you know, it, it's the way that you were telling your story about when you were the kids were small, the boys were small. I remember I have this one, this one of my closest girlfriends. We were very close, you know. I was married at the time, and then she got married. She didn't have, they didn't have kids right away. But at some point, maybe three or four or five years after they got married, they had kids. Mm -hmm. One after the other, they had two. And then um, somehow we started seeing less and less of each other. And on reflection, as you were talking about, you know, how it came about for you, I can see how at a certain point her friends were more other moms. Yeah, and not and not because it's not we didn't have a falling out. It's just right. that like if she had five hours of socializing and she has to take her kids to a birthday party, for example, then it's like the kids' birthday party and socializing together, and that means less time for you know for Lou (laughs) exactly it's it is it's kind of purely logistical in a way that it happened you know and I I I'm like oh yeah yeah they they, that's one of those what are they what's what's that saying friends for a reason friends for a season friends for a lifetime or something something like like that something like that and, and then the, very much like the parents that I made friends with who are friends with my kids. I mean, some of them I, I have kept because there's a genuine yeah. connection there. And some of them were just friends for a season because our kids connected and that was part of that season. Exactly. You know, and and then um, on the other side yeah. of that, speaking for the ones of us who didn't have kids, you know, I I didn't mind visiting her at her house, at their place, playing with the kids, but oh, it can't be all of my spare time. You know, sometimes I want to go see a movie or go eat out in a restaurant and she couldn't. So I would end up spending time with other girlfriends or other friends who could stay out, you know, and yeah. uh, and do those other things that she couldn't do anymore. And again, not because I didn't love her anymore, not because we weren't friends anymore, but just that she didn't have time for that. And I, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it's, it's funny how, and, and I mean, now the kids are grown up, her kids are now in like late high school, one is in college, just started college. And unfortunately we don't live in the same state anymore, but I would imagine that she has a little bit more time now. And if we still live in the same neighborhood, we'd probably picked up or see see each other again because now she has more time for these kinds of socializing um so it's these ebbs and flows and friends that we outgrow or not because of falling out or anything like that but just like the natural course of life I suppose yeah I feel I, I actually posted something funny enough a couple uh, uh, a couple days ago on LinkedIn about this like sometimes when I reflect back on some of those friendships I feel a certain not sadness is not the word because I'm not sad but it's like ah uh, like oh you know I we used to hang out a lot and but you know we kind of moved apart again not no falling out no no nothing it's just don't you feel that way sometimes and then I feel like ah you know um does it make sense to reconnect 
But then again, sometimes you reconnect and it's not the same. You know, it's like that friends for a season type thing that you're saying. But one great thing that I'm noticing of our generation is that I guess most of us kids are grown up, right? And so we're finding more time again to spend, you know, with other people. <laughs> yes, yes. And I and I find that I am really trying to be more intentional about yes about doing that and and making sure to reach yeah. out or send somebody a text or say hey let's go for a walk or um if somebody says hey do you want to get together for coffee or, or or a walk i'm like okay yes let me find let me find that moment let's let's make that happen cuz it's yeah. so easy it's yes. so easy to let myself go all in on the grind of getting things done and forget to go have fun and connect with so people just because. Yeah. You know, yes, because I'm, I can be guilty of that too. There are always projects to do that seem important. It has a deadline, things I want to do. And so these other things the they fall in the, what's that? The, important but not urgent category that mm. always like mm -hmm. you know um and then somebody on that LinkedIn post that I mentioned somebody actually said how you know we we rely so much on texting and these things and instead of um the face-to-face -face connections and um I know I am guilty about that like there, there's the sense that because we're texting because we're connected in social media, then I'm still somehow connected to you. So tell me what you think about this. Okay, so you and I, for example, we live in different places. We we keep our friendship alive through social media interactions, through texting, through Zoom calls, through calls, just calls, mm -hmm. you know. So, but texting is part of what we do to keep right. the connection alive. So I think if texting, I don't know where I'm going with this. I think if texting is a part of other things, then it's helpful. But if you're just solely relying on texting, then you're missing out on, on the whole friendship experience. Do you know what I mean? Like the too I much reliance I think it needs on... to be like a mix. I, yes. I, think, I think like when you've got long distance happening, what can you do? You right. Know? Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're half a world apart. Right. Yeah. And, and we met online and online. we met through, <laughs> through zoom and through yes. interviewing. And I mean, really these, these quarterly conversations that we have are something that I cherish and love because Me it's too. actually time to talk to Lou, you know? So, um, so there's that. And, you know, we have only met one time in person, which right. was awesome. We got to hug. We got to laugh. We got to like get that in-person thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I consider you a true friend, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a friend I made later in life because right. of the podcast. Right. I, we, we wouldn't be friends if I hadn't started a podcast. <laughs> that's that's great. So the 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 fact is that we have not seen each other in person other than just that one time. Mm-hmm to me, it doesn't 
detract or it doesn't diminish it doesn't discount the value of the friendship you are my close friend i consider you one of my close friends even though it's a lot of it is done through zoom calls or calls phone calls or texting or what's acting <laughs> with each other on yeah right on instagram or whatever but yeah it doesn't have to be i guess we live in a society where it doesn't always have to be face-to-face -face anymore. So the lack of face-to-face -face interactions shouldn't stop us from developing or nurturing relationships. Yeah. I, I guess mean, so many of my of friends it. have become long distance mm -hmm. since we met i mean so many of my friends have become long distance yeah. friends you know and yeah you know my my father just passed away mm -hmm. and i was out in mesa with my mom i was there for him passing which i was very glad of and i have a friend who i met in the city he was introduced to me by another friend that i knew in denver before i moved to new york city and she said to me when I was moving, she said, if there's one person that you get in touch with, it needs to be Brad. And I mm. was like, okay. She's saying, I really need to get in touch with this person. So I did. And sure enough, he's one of my favorite people in the world. And he now lives out in Arizona. Oh, and used so, to be, so used to be New York? Used, used to, to be, be New York. Yeah. Moved yeah, yeah. to Scottsdale. And so... When we had the memorial service for my dad in Arizona, he showed up, mm -hmm. Aww, you know, yes. and it was just incredible to get to see him and hug him. Mm -hmm. And, but he's one of those people that we can go months and months without talking. And then you get on the phone, you know, those people, right? Yes. You, you yes. get on the phone and- you can go for, yeah. uh, like you and me, you can go for an hour and you're like, where did that time go? Exactly, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the reality is that there are some friends who will be our friends for a season, but then there are friends who will be our friends through life. Like I have one of my oldest friends, we met when we were teenagers and then we lost touch of each other. Other than the occasional happy birthday, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year type stuff. Right. Um, you know, she had her career and then her married and kids and I have my own thing. And we sort of like kept, like I kind of knew what was going on with her and she kind of knew what was going on with me. But we've not, you know, it's our lives are so different. The priorities were so different. Like we were so, you know, and then now the kids are all grown up. And we find each ourselves, you know, in the same town and we're like, <laughs> you know, we're reconnected and it's back to whatever was the foundation of it when we were in teenagers. No, actually, no, I want to say this. I've been, this is another thing that I've been trying to explore a little bit on midlife cues is this concept of we have to meet each other again sort of for the first time mm. like 
it's it's kind of a familiar person, but this person is really different from the 10-year-old and 12-year-old sure. person I met, right? Right. I don't recognize myself from, geez, even 20 years ago. I'm like, who was that? Uh, who's that person? So if I don't exactly. know myself from 20 years ago, right? Right. Yeah. So it's some, it's this person who's familiar to me. I kind of know, I, I've known her. There was a time in our lives when you spent every day with each other because that's what you do when you're a teenager. Right. When we didn't have iPhones and all these gadgets that kids now have. But we, you know how it was when you were, you were that age. You hang out. You're with sitting, you're listening to music together. Music. You're eating junk yeah. food. You're just like <laughs> hanging out. Right. right? Like you, you do this thing where you, you record on tapes, you know, that you burn <laughs> your, your favorite songs and you have these like, you know, and, and then nothing right for years and years. And so I have to meet her again for the first time. Wow. And thankfully, I like the person she's become and she likes the person I've become and we're good friends again. How cool is that? That is awesome. Right. And so there yeah. are those. And then I, I would imagine that there are people who would meet me like, what? She's <laughs> what happened to her? Do you think those are the people from your corporate existence that would say that? Or, or, or who do you think? Childhood kids or whatever, right? Uh -huh. Childhood friends. But, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we do have. Um, the, <laughs> it's just these, these changes that we go through. And along the way, we discard parts of ourselves and we pick up new parts of ourselves or we, you know, get to know parts of ourselves. And in the process... Some relationships survive or get strengthened by it or discover new relationships. And then some relationships fall away. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to feel sad about that, the falling away of some relationships. I'm trying to be more accepting of it, that that's, that's what happens. You I know? think they're still... I still feel a little sad about some mm -hmm. of the relationships that, you know, that have fallen away. Mm -hmm. there, 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 I think there is a sadness to it. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I mean, you know, there's, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's just friendships where I'm like, I miss, I kind of miss them. Yeah. And, and maybe, and then sometimes there's the friendships where you're kind of like, what even happened? Like, why aren't we in touch? That's what, true. Yeah. You know, and, and you might do a reach out and you don't get anything back and you're like, wow, what I do? What? I, yeah. What I do? Did I do right? something? You know? Yeah. 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 We, we tend to, I do that too. We tend to like internalize it. Did I? did I say something or did I not say something that I was supposed to say or do or, right. you know what? Yeah. When sometimes it's just natural. Yeah. And who, kno that who knows? Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. right. You just got to yeah. move on from where you are. Do you find, so, so I don't know for me, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Let me start over <laughs> for me starting the podcast has been like a crazy mm. thing for mm. like a, an avenue for me to make new friends, which mm. by the way, I didn't get into it to do that. That was, it's a complete byproduct 
um, it's a very welcome byproduct that is yes. like, I, I'm like, wow, this, I had no idea this was going to happen. Like several people that have been on the podcast as guests and, and I'm just like, okay, I need to keep you. <laughs> I, yes. I need to keep you in my life because I really yes. love yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Um, that has been a complete and total bonus. And but it's hard. I'm going back to before I started the podcast. And it I was going to ask you, do you find it hard to make friends now? I, I find it less hard now that I've started the podcast, but yes. yet the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I don't know why that is. Why is it easier? Because I started a podcast. Like, what? What is that even like? That I still don't really even understand the phenomenon of 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 this. Other than, you know, when you talk about wanting to nurture those corporate relationships, those relationships that could benefit your career in some way, shape, or form. This is what's weird, Lou. This is what's weird. I used to think of the word networking felt really mm. creepy to me. Yes. Very right. creepy. And I actually love networking now. And I think the reason why is because there's, it's not about trying to form transactional relationships. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's about, like just being curious about yes. people and I kind of almost instantly know if I want to be friends with somebody now. Like, yes. Do you yes. get that? And yes. and so, so I when I get that, when I get that feeling about somebody right off the bat, I, I just dive in and I, it's kind of like when you're a little kid on the playground and you're like, do you want to be friends? Yes. <laughs> you know? Do you yes. want to be friends? Let's go play. Yes. You want to be Let's friends? Let's go play. Yeah, exactly. And there's like, I'm just letting myself kind of be braver about mm -hmm. doing that with the people that I instantly like, because I'm like, I just like you. Let's just yeah. stay in touch. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't um, know. Maybe that is the side effects or the byproduct of having a podcast, because I do feel that way too. I feel more open to your point. I do that too. When I meet somebody for the first time because I'm interviewing them for the for the podcast. And then I say to them, oh, I want to be friends with you. Like I want, you know, I, I feel freer to say that. Whereas outside of the context of the podcast or if I, like if I didn't have a podcast, I probably wouldn't have, I would, probably wouldn't be that brave. Um. Also, when you were talking about networking, it also had the same sort of um, bad taste in my mouth. And I was thinking, why is that? It, I think it's because in those days, networking was very much contrived situations like you have to attend this conference call, or this conferences or these conventions or these, um, we had these office sort of uh, events that you're supposed to attend, Lou, because that's when you meet the higher ups or the bosses of the bosses and get your name known and that kind of stuff um and you end up talking with people who you probably would normally talk to <laughs> right 
didn't have to be talked to them, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas, um, but then you think about it and is it, you know, isn't podcast also like a created situation, but somehow I guess the intimacy of a podcast, because you're talking to someone and the sort of podcast that we do where we're actually talking to people and we're act- talking to them about their lives, not so much like, it's not a sales type conversation. Exactly. You know what I mean? There are podcasts it's exactly that are it. Yeah. If yeah. I were to step into a big conference with a mm-hmm. bunch of people milling mm-hmm. about and I were to see somebody and maybe maybe there was a, some reason where I'm like, oh, they, they seem kind of cool. But if yeah. they're talking to somebody else, I don't want to interrupt. I, it's mm-hmm. all very awkward. And mm-hmm. when you're in that kind of situation where there's lots and lots of people and hubbub around... Yeah, I find that to be incredibly intimidating. And that's when my introvert self goes, I just like shrivel up like a snail in a shell, you know, and I don't want to do that. Um, But I mean, if I can off, you know, if I could, the nice thing about a podcast is you, you do have, it is a contrived situation, but it's contrived in such a lovely way. (laughs) (laughs) that you you get this one-on-one moment Mm -hmm. with this person that has a time limit Mm -hmm. and it's it's like you just dive in deep with them if they're willing to it you know what I mean if if they are if they're willing to go there with you and and have this intimate moment um because I'm not usually talking about I don't know. I guess there's other podcasts, you know, maybe if I was just interviewing them about their business or something mm-hmm. like that, that yeah. it's a little more, it's a step removed, but if I'm really talking to them about their journey as mm-hmm. a person, which is what I'm trying to get to with this podcast, yes, that to me is like juicy and I yeah. just want to hear all about them, you know? Yeah. But I think I think maybe this is why the networking that we did before versus what we're doing today, if you could say, well, you're also networking your podcast, but it's the nature of what gets discussed during those networking. So for example, when I was networking during my corporate years, we were talking about what you do, what you do, the projects, you know, how can I help you? How can you help me? You know, it's very much about the work. Yes. I don't. I didn't talk to them about who they were or like what they did or their experience. Whereas the conversations that we're having now are more about each person's lives and and who we are as people and what we're thinking and what we're feeling and how we're processing our experiences. And so it lends these conversations allow us to form connections that are easier to move towards friendships or towards relationships as opposed to those networking things. You know, something just occurred to me, something just occurred to me, Lou. I wonder if the reason why it's easier for me to make friends now at 55 Mm -hmm. than it was, especially in my 40s, maybe, or even in my 30s, is because I because of the type of interview that I do has just like for me now it's just normal to talk to yes. people about the to go deep 
And so now if I'm, I'm like the weird lady at the party, who's like, tell me about yourself. <laughs> what? Oh, and then what, you know what I mean? And, and I'm going, I'm going deep with them. And if they're willing to go there with me, then we, we got game. We got, you know, we, we <laughs> but, um, so I imagine some people might be a little frightened by, <laughs> frightened by that. You know, it's so funny. I feel, I think that's what happened to me too. I'm I'm specifically recalling a, a luncheon event that I attended a few weeks ago. And it was the same thing. You know, I ended up sitting in this big table, you know, a table of for 10. And I only knew one person. And I ended up talking across the, the table, it was a rounded table across because this couple, they retired like 15 years ago. And so she, she was a psychiatrist and I forget what the husband did, but anyway, they retired together. They planned to retire at the same time. And they said that they, they had five-year projects, like the first five years of our retirement, what are we going to do? And then the next five years of it. So they looked at it in five-year period and they always like interesting projects. For example, they had this project and this was the subject of our conversation because I was just so amazed they had this project where we're going to be farmers. We're going to buy a coffee. They had no idea how it is to be farmers. They had, they had this romanticized, these are urban city dwellers who wow. had never lived in a farm, but they had this romanticized idea of what it's like to live in a farm. And so they said for five years, we're going to live in a farm. And so ended up, they ended up being coffee farmers, you know? Wow. <laughs> so um, that's so cool. Same thing. Yeah. It was just like, um, interviewing them in effect over lunch. And of course, the other people were listening in and they were joining in the conversation. I was just asking them because I was really fascinated by, you know, how they went about this. And the other people like were joining in, they were laughing, you know, but most of the time it was just us. And I was saying, this because of my podcast, this this is entirely because of second breaks. Because maybe if I didn't have, I, I have a feeling that if I didn't have a podcast, I might have been a little bit shyer. Maybe I'll ask one or two questions and then stop at it. Yeah. Wow. I was just curious. But I think that's the podcast. And I think that's why, to your point, that's why we feel like it's a little easier to meet people now or to, you know, talk to people or to build some kind of rapport or connection because of that. Mind you, if I were the one being questioned over lunch, I would probably be so like, oh my God, can you please point the spotlight somewhere else? Exactly, exactly. I worry sometimes that I've gone too far. I have to think about this. I'm going to have to watch myself the next time I'm in this situation and, and just kind of self-assess. But I, I think that I try to um, put people at ease by mm -hmm. not just drilling them with questions, but also by by opening up a little bit too, just right. to say, oh yeah, that makes me think of this and this is mm -hmm. my experience. I have the similar blah, blah, you know what I mean? And and trying yeah. to get that exchange. I, I hope that's what I do. I don't know. Oh no, I just interviewed. <laughs> In fact, I know this for a fact because it's happened to me enough times when, like, if they ask me, you know, a couple of questions or, the, you know, like the, the process of getting to know me, I very quickly turn it around and start peppering the other person. 
That's funny. That is so it's funny. It's the interviewer. I'm more at home with interviewing, which is why I prefer to invite people to the podcast rather than be on other people's podcasts because that means the spotlight is on me and it gets so <sighs> awkward mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. That's why I love what we do because we're not really interviewing each other because we're like just having conversations, but interviewing is being on the hot, you know, hot set is tough. But Going back to relationships. <laughs> right. We got into um, a whole podcasting conversation know, there, didn't we? No, but uh, to your point, like, I don't know how you've been doing it, but there are people who I've met through the podcast who I would like to, ha- to have, uh, you know, nurture the relationships. But then it, you get into this whole busy time because, you know, to be friends with someone who you met through an interview means follow-up. Because if... If we only left it with you interviewing me, how many years ago, that would be that. But fortunately for us, somehow we didn't let it fall through the cracks or we didn't stop at that. We continued talking and, and that's that. That's the nurturing that happened. I'm so glad that somehow (laughs) or another, we made that happen. Right. I'm really glad. Yeah, there's this yeah. um there's this one lady in particular, woman that I, I I'm speaking, I'm talk um thinking about specifically. I I would love to be friends with her. She's much older than us, but I would love to be friends with her. And I did tell her that on the podcast, but it has to be I have to reach out, I have to connect, I have to just send an email, I have to like just, you know, I have to just connect. Okay, put it on your list, Lou, for tomorrow. Put it seriously, write it down. And right, email, say hello, reach out, reach out, Mm -hmm. something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know that's what I've been doing on LinkedIn, though. Uh, What I've been doing on LinkedIn is the direct messaging on LinkedIn. And honestly, this has been great. So for people who are thinking about awkward networking, LinkedIn, I haven't talked to these people. It's great when you don't need anything from them. So I have been reaching out to people who I've known for a long time, who I like colleagues and stuff. And I would just send them a quick note and go, hey, I ran into your name and I just want to say hi to remember me. We worked 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever it was. I just want to say hi. There is no ask. There is no request. And I feel so at ease doing that because it's when you want to ask something, mm. when you know that you're reaching out because you want to ask something. There's the creepy factor. Very hard. Yes. Yes. Because it's yes. like, hi, Yvonne, how are you? It's been a long time. By the way, <laughs> that segue to the ask is where I have a very hard time. But when I'm just reaching out and going, hi, Yvonne, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Do you remember we met, you know, 10 years ago and I blah, blah, blah. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a great point. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until you need something to call somebody. Yeah. Right. It's so easy. And then yeah. there's no expectation. Um, And when I started doing this, I said, I'm not going to expect a response back because I'm literally just saying hi, you know, but you know what? If I reached out to 30 people, 28 of them responded back. You know, and, and so they were probably I'm, like, oh my gosh, Lou. Yeah. Same thing. Oh. Of course, I remember you. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. They shared something about themselves. You know, a couple of them said, we should go on, you know, we should meet up or have coffee or whatever, whatever. And, but I wasn't expecting anything like that. I was just really reaching out. And it's, I actually, that's one of the things that I want to continue doing this, just this 
for especially for introverts, this is so easy. It's an easier sort of way to connect, reconnect with people, I think. So I think yeah. I found my little hack. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And then I guess the next step is trying to figure out how to keep it going, right? Outside yeah. of the messaging and how to mm-hmm. how to deepen it and all that. That's so interesting. It's hard. It's hard because no. you do get busy, right? You get you get we were talking about goals before we hit the the button, right? Yes. And when you're goal oriented as you are, as I am, you know, it's it's so easy to to let relationships wither on the vine. Yeah, I think. When especially when it's not directly in line with what you're trying to do. Yeah, and not because you don't want to be in touch with people, not because you need something from them in order to be in touch with them. Mm-hmm. It really is a bandwidth thing, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know? So for like, example, like, let's say if you're writing a book and you're in the process of writing a book, it's so easy to get on a conversation with somebody who's also writing a book, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or has written a book. It's not, not, you're not asking for anything. It's just an easy kind of conversation. Yeah. Or for example, well, they don't know if you've run into this, but I know I did where from corporate America to starting your own sort of thing, business, people who aren't starting a business, like we probably don't enjoy as much of the conversation as a, like compared to when I was also climbing the corporate ladder with them. And now mm-hmm. I'm starting my, you know, it's a different sort of conversation. And it's easier to have conversations with other people who are also starting a business or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just being able to talk to somebody who gets your current struggles, your current aspirations, your current yeah. like day to day, the niggly ins and yes. outs. And you know that somebody else is kind of also living that path that, yeah. It's not exactly the same as yours, but that they can, they get it because the entrepreneur thing is lonely, right? Yeah. So boy, I think it just takes a whole lot of intention and like setting time on your calendar maybe to make yourself yeah. be social. Along those lines, I, I read a lot about these articles about the benefits of having, you know, cross-generational friendships. And I'm saying to myself, how do I make friends with 20, 30 years? Like, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have kids. So maybe you have kids. So you tell me whether you have you have friends who are like a lot younger. And I'm saying, how do, how do I make these relationships? That is a great question. How do we? I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. Like, I, I it's almost like, wow. I have a lot of friends now like obviously our generation and then older generation. I think it right? would be easier for me to make friends with older people old based on what right? I'm doing right now rather but, than, yeah. yeah. I, wanna, I, I would love to make more connections with younger people yeah. that are genuine friendships and um, yeah. Exactly. Hmm, this may be something that we need to focus on, Lou. I think about this, right? Like, how do we do this? How do we make this happen? And I and I, I don't know. <laughs> um, because there is a 
benefits to having older, younger friends, you know, the, the widening of, you know, how we think or whatever. I was just having a lunch with an old friend of mine and his 25 year old daughter came with us. So I've known this girl when she was like a toddler and now she's grown up woman. And so she came with us, she had lunch with us and it's, they think differently, you know, and, or she thought differently from me, like, you know, and, and I was, I was for a minute for a New York minute, I was like, I want to be surrounded by people who think this way because they have a different way of looking at life or looking at things. Um, and it's not necessarily because that they're young. It's because that they're young at this time when, because when we were 25, the world wasn't like this. Exactly. They have had an, such a different experience of growing up, right? As you were talking about this friend with his daughter, just yeah. before that, I was like, oh, well, there's my nieces and nephews who... Hmm who occasionally I get lucky enough that one of them will call or one of them will visit. And it if I can get them in a one-on-one -on -one situation, it's so much fun to talk to them. Right? You know, it is, yeah, it is so great. And one of my friend's daughters, you know, occasionally the, I'll get a little one-on-one -on -one time with them, you know, and they're teenagers and it's, it is amazing to get to talk to them and, see where they're at with their life right now. And they did, right. like you said, it is, they, it's not because they're young. It's because they're young now. Yes. Like a complete, it's a whole different world mm -hmm. than we grew up in. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's amazing. It's, and that's why I'm like, it, it you know, it, it affects how they, think about things or how make, they make decisions, just sure. the fact that they're in this world, you know? And I was like, huh. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> things that make you go, hmm. Exactly. <laughs> oh my so goodness. are we, are we celebrating? So are you still anti-Valentine's Valentine's this month or how are you this year? You know, I just haven't even thought about Valentine's yet this month, although I am spending a lot of time around the podcast and around mm -hmm. um, Salty Sisters. We're going to be yes. talking about dating later in life. I have a, a special guest coming on who is Ooh. a matchmaker and she does speed dating events and she does things like that. So. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So very cool. So I'm kind of, I think one of the reasons last year that I, that I was anti Valentine's was, I guess I've become sensitive in the past several years to the idea that not everybody's with somebody. And when you have these forced moments of, mm -hmm. you know, Cupid and, all the all the things you know needing to go out and and chocolates and heart shaped things and all the you know it's like it's like this overload of attention on whether or not you're in a relationship yes the and, romantic type yeah 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 and yeah. i and i feel like well there are people who just don't want to be in a relationship mhm mm 
and then this is pushed into their face or there are people who would very much like to be in a relationship and are not and then yeah. this thing is pushed into their face and yeah. yeah so I guess part of me was like oh that it's a lot it's just a lot so I met three other women a few weeks ago it funnily enough I was told that I'd known them before but I don't remember having met them before but I met them again and it's awesome it's great we clicked and so one of us is married I'm divorced the other one has never been married and the other one she lost her husband I don't know 10-15 years ago maybe at this point mm -hmm. so with the exception of the one who's married the three of us aren't in any romantic relationship right now and so we were talking about when we were going to get together next. And then somebody said, well, Valentine's Day, February, blah, blah, blah. And, and then so we started talking about probably because of the stage in life, the phase in life that we're in, to your point, you know, the three of us who aren't in any romantic relationships right now, we're not at this stage in our life when we're dying to be in a relationship. You know what it means when you're like single and you want to be, you want to be in a relationship. And so you feel upset during this time of the year because you're, it's like a reminder that you don't, you're not with somebody. Well, the three of us who aren't in a romantic relationship don't feel that way. We're very like, you know, let's, you know, let's do something, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the one who's been married for, a, you know, I think, I don't know, past 25 years, whatever. She was like, oh, can I have a Valentine's Day without my husband? Can we have a different, can I have a different Valentine's Day? You know, whatever. And so we were planning on celebrating Valentine's Day, just the four of us. And I, I thought for a second how healthy it was to have that kind of, so there wasn't, you know, I've also been in those kinds of gatherings when I was in my earlier years when it was more of a rebellious kind of thing when it's almost like we are women and we're gonna get together like there's always like a feminist sort of rebellious kind of element to why we're getting together during Valentine's Day but this time it was just very wholesome we're friends and why not so let's get together and let's celebrate and we can so let's go out and and in fact, the married woman was like, oh, can I be part of it? Because I can always celebrate Valentine's Day with my husband. <laughs> and so I just felt like it was ah, the joys of getting in midlife. And <laughs> a lot of these things, um, you know, a lot of the, the things that used to be upsetting to me, I'll personalize it, no longer feels as upsetting you know, and yeah, it's just like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's get together. So question, mm -hmm. question. I love it. You've got this group of, of four of you, right? Yeah. Women. Um, the other thing that has changed for me as I've gotten older is that I value my female friends mm. more than I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I used to avoid groups of women because I w was fearful of the mean girl factor, the, the 
what I, you know, it was, it all came from like some high school experiences. Right. And I just, I guess I just decided at some point that I was only going to be friends with one woman at a time mm -hmm. that there were and never the twain shall meet. <laughs> there will be no group activities. Right. right, right. <laughs> and, um, and I found it a lot easier to make friends with men when I was younger yes. and that has flipped. And now I am friends with groups of women there and there is none of that. And I don't know if it's just because we've all gotten older and kinder yeah, or, or that we want to support each other now. There's no, there's none of that. Like when somebody isn't around, that person gets talked about mm -hmm. in some way. You know what I mean? That I hated when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. What What are your thoughts on that? I think I think yes to all that you said. Um, I also think that there's an element of it that is about us as in you me as individuals we are our bs meter radar got better as we got older mm. and so that it's we we probably won't find ourselves in situations where there is that possibility because mm. the the radar would have been like ringing off like a fire alarm Miles, it, miles it's away. true. It's it's true. I probably probably if there was somebody who I felt that that potential from, I probably just wouldn't get close. Right. Yeah. I think Interesting. so. Yes. So I think, I think you're right. that's that. So we don't we don't. If there's less of that now, and and then the people that we find ourselves surrounding ourselves with are people who we are naturally attracted to because they have that energy of supportive and open and you know no gossip i hate that you know those kinds of things we don't find ourselves too often in those situations anymore because our yeah. bs meter our bs radar got better yeah i think that's yeah. it i think that's it yeah oh my goodness but you you i mean i i am i I'm impre not impressed and admire you a lot about the, uh, your ability to gather, you know, women who are very supportive and that you open your circle to all of us. So, for example, you have this monthly gathering of women through your, you know, oh, you've renamed it. I um, did. How, I renamed it, it. The Age, the age uh, Agitators Club. Yes, the Age Agitator <laughs> Club, right? And so it's your you. You, you're able to gather those kinds of women together and and there's this other group that you gather that we are more women entrepreneurs that you gather from time to time. You create this nurturing, supportive uh, community or, you know, space for all of us to be part of. And so but you're very good with that. So thank you. Could, thank it's you so much for to doing me. that. It's yeah. become very important to me because, you know, as I said, I, I, I value my relationships mm -hmm. um, more highly yeah. than I used to. You know, yeah. I feel like I feel like when I was younger, I was incredibly self-involved. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I still have those tendencies. Um, 
but now I'm aware of the tendency and try to try to fight it. And 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 I do think that we well, there's a quote that I'm trying to think of that I can't think of right now. If I think it's like, what is it? If you want to go quickly yeah, alone. That that proverb. Uh but if you want yeah. to something like if you want to do it right if you want to do it faster like something about something something do it alone or something something do it with others <laughs> yes something something with others something something alone yes <laughs> you guys you get this right hang on this is gonna drive <laughs> me crazy hang on hang on what if, is that hang on it's i'm googling i'm googling <laughs> if you want to go fast go alone i think i found it if you want to go far fast. go together there you go if you want to go fast do it alone if you want to go far yes yes totally <laughs> yes all right we got it <laughs> okay you know what actually that's a perfect place to end this isn't yes. it yes <laughs> yeah. It's a great place to end this conversation. Oh my goodness. I love you, Lou. Oh. Par for course. We are ending with the giggles. Exactly. It's always the case. <laughs> we have dissolved into the giggles, and there we go. All right. Love you. Love you. Well, there you have it. Boy, we covered some ground in this conversation, didn't we? But that seems to be how all my conversations with Lou go, whether we are recording for one of our podcasts or just catching up and hatching plans. Uh, Some of my favorite takeaways. Let's see here. Number one, if you are lonely, put yourself out there in some way. Get brave. Push yourself to reach out to that person who you think is pretty cool that you'd like to get to know better. You might surprise yourself. Ooh, and, and, and here's one that I think is so key when you're, when you're getting on in life. There will be times when friendships run their course without any wrongdoing on your part or theirs. And that first quote that Lou and I were trying to remember comes from a poem by Brian A. Drew Chalker. And the well-known phrase is, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I'll include the full poem in the show notes for you. And lastly, the other phrase we were struggling with at the end is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I think I want to go far. More and more, I'm realizing the value of my friendships. There are people that I've stayed friends with for decades, and there are new friends who have shown up only recently, but I treasure all of those relationships And one of my goals is to be a good friend to the people I love. If you want more information about Lou or want to subscribe to her newsletter, you can find a link to her website in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 172. And hey, next week, the podcast will go live on Valentine's Day. 
And we will be wrapping up this series on love and relationships with my special guest, Jill Dunn, who is a matchmaker and she's a dating expert. She will be sharing her tips on dating and finding romantic love in midlife and beyond. So be sure to join us. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.